You're listening to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bishop. And can I just say that I'm so glad that you tuned in because our time together on these podcasts is meant to equip you and inspire you to help you learn and grow and gain new ideas and insights that compel you to action, that compel you to live a life courageously and confidently and to live a life that is unhindered and unleashed to play full out and live fully into who you were created to be. Well, on our show today, we are going to talk about overcoming the voices in our heads that keep us from truly leaning in. Can anybody relate to those voices, that chatter in our heads that keeps us from getting in the game and sometimes keeps us hanging out on the sidelines? Well, today we are going to discuss this topic with Nancy Beach and Nancy has served as a teaching pastor for the Willow Creek Community Church in the suburbs of Chicago. And she currently serves as a leadership coach with the Slingshot Group, where she helps leaders and teams flourish in life and in their vocations. Nancy is a sought-after speaker and speaks at conferences and workshops for women. And she's the author of the book, Gifted to Lead, The Art of Leading as a Woman in the Church. Nancy invited me into her home in the northern suburbs to talk about those voices that we need to battle in our heads and the lies that keep us from reaching our full potential. And We also discuss how we as women are prone to compare ourselves to others and how we can turn from competing against one another to becoming each other's biggest fans. We're also going to talk about how to overcome our addiction to approval and to remember that there's only one of you in the whole universe and to lean in and be the best version of yourself. Well, Nancy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Lisa. So good to have you. So tell us a little bit about Nancy. What are some things that you love people to know about you? And as you think about the the legacy that you want to leave, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I guess when you say legacy, the primary thing that comes to my mind is I want to leave a legacy of love, um, love for my family. I'm blessed with a husband of 36 years and two daughters who are now in their 20s, Um, but also friendships. Friendships mean a lot to me. Um, And then the team that I was able to lead for about 20 years was a team of creative people, Um, artists who wanted to harness their gifts to create moments in church and hopefully moments of transformation and wonder and beauty and awe. And uh, that was a great privilege. And I served on staff uh, for uh, 25 years um, in one place. But now I'm uh, doing other things because I have another passion, which is that I want to come alongside leaders, particularly leaders who feel uh, alone. Mm. And uh, they're not all women, but a lot of women leaders in the church feel that. And uh, I just want to be a, a advocate for them and ennoble them and encourage them as best I can. Yeah, that's awesome. And so when I asked what topics would be that you have passion about, one is what I said earlier, overcoming the voices in our heads that keep us from truly leaning in. What, what made you choose that? Well, I think personal experience for starters. Um, I've always battled voices in my own head. And to my surprise, I guess, I've discovered that I'm not alone in that and that uh, many people, and particularly many women, um, 
have these one person called it the obnoxious roommate in your head oh, that has so to be good. kicked out. Yes. And we all have different ones that are our favorites, you know, our go-to voices, but they are really lies mm. and they keep us from reaching our full potential and from really flourishing. What are some of the examples of the voices in our heads that you would say they really need to be silenced? They need to be kicked out, as you said earlier. Most of them have to do with our um, picture of our capabilities or our um, uh, whether we're adequate, I guess mm. I would say. Yeah. And so am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I good looking enough? Am I educated enough? Am I gifted enough? Am I, am I well off enough financially? All those kinds of questions. And the voices seem to tell us that we're not. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. And you know, Satan's been called the father of lies in scripture. And those are lies. Yeah. Um, but we listen to them all too often. And so when a new opportunity comes along, or maybe uh, an idea, or a risk that we think we might want to take, the first thing that sails in are those negative uh, voices. I'm so glad that I'm not alone. And to have someone such as yourself that I have such admiration for say that you struggle with the same thing, I kind of feel a little bit normal. So thank you. <laughs> Can you remember uh, a voice in your head that really limited you? Or, or is there a reoccurring voice that you still have to, to battle? Well, from the time I was young, I had aspirations to do some things in some cases that were traditionally male. And so one of the biggest ones was, you can't do that, you're a girl. Mm. You know, that, that was huge for me. And so, for example, um, in grammar school, I was the first female president of the student body, of the student council. And, you know, even just choosing to run for president as opposed to secretary was like a big deal, you know. And there's a voice in my head thinking, is this okay? This is probably not okay. Um, and probably uh, the most profound moment of this happened when I was about 10 years old. I can't believe I remember this. <laughs> but I was standing behind my, um, my home in the suburbs, and I could see my mom in the kitchen. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, God, I love my mom, but is it okay that I would like to have a little different life than she has? She was a full-time homemaker, and actually, I see now that my mom had a lot of creativity and ability, but she never seemed to have opportunity. And so she wasn't very happy being, being mm -hmm. a full-time homemaker. There's nothing wrong with being a full-time homemaker. Some of my best friends are. But I wanted to aspire to some other things, and I didn't really know if that was okay. And here's the thought that sailed into my head, uh, particularly because I grew up in a church where I never saw women leading. Um, I never saw them... Um, taking the reins except in children's ministry or, or women's ministry and I remember aspiring to some leadership roles and then I thought did God make a mistake when he made me like when the when the um, gifts were being handed out in heaven by the angels did they go oh whoops that's a girl baby you can't give her gifts of leadership wow. or teaching and I really wondered you yeah. know because I wasn't a girly girl in the traditional sense of being a woman and it was never that I didn't want to be a girl um, I'm I'm very thankful for my gender but I just didn't know if I would fit with some of the dreams that I had Wow so how did you or how do you overcome and how can our listeners overcome some of the voices that they may be hearing in their head not good enough not smart enough because that's another thing about I think women specifically is we we also compare 
yes ourselves to others as well which doesn't help but what what are some what are some things that you can share with us on just ways you've grown in that area well first of all the primary voice that we all want to cultivate listening to is the holy spirit's voice and to replace those lies with the voice that says um, if i've called you to something if i've given you an idea if i'm asking you to step in or step up i will equip you you may think you're not able and actually you're not (laughs) the truth is none of us really (laughs) is enough we have to lean into what god's going to provide and equip us with Um, So it's learning to replace the voices with the truth and the right voices. That's part of it. Another thing is to, every time you take a little baby step and you try something and it doesn't blow up in your face or whatever, there is the confidence building that says, wait a second, you know, maybe I can make a contribution. Maybe I do have leadership gifts. Maybe uh, God wants to use me in some ways. And so I think it's starting somewhere. Um, We tend to hold back and navigate our comfort zone forever and Mm. and never want to make a move you know so the more I would take a little step and it didn't always work but the times where I had some measure of effectiveness I would say oh okay and it fortifies you a little Mm -hmm. bit Um, and then the other thing would be the support of other people Um, I think too many of us try to do life on our own where we have this independent streak and I, I look back at my many decades now of leadership and I couldn't have done it without you know, a tribe of women in particular and men also, but people who believed in me and who um, supported me. You know, you mentioned, Lisa, that we compare. Yeah. And I think this is rampant among mm. women, more so than men. Um, we envy and we compare. Mm. And as a result, um, women are always looking over their shoulder at that other woman. We also tend to think that there's only enough room for one of us in some cases, like only one woman can sit at the table or have a leadership role, which is ridiculous, but that's kind of what we think. Yeah. And so we actually get competitive with each other instead of spurring each other on to love and good deeds, as scripture tells us. And so... I needed to develop some friendships with women, some of whom, frankly, in my human nature, I would think, oh, she is so much more skilled than me or, you know, smarter or whatever. Um, What I learned, though, was she had her own set of insecurities, Mm. (laughs) like you said, all of us do. Right. And, uh, And then to say, what would it look like? For women to actually not be mean girls, which is what we learned to do when we're in like junior high, right. and grow up to be mean women. Instead, what would it look like if we were each other's strongest fans? Hmm. You know, and I've had that experience with some women who, if I was speaking and came down front afterwards, they would be the first one there to affirm me and thank me, and uh, women who I know pray for me. And I try to do the same. And then we become this force to be reckoned with because we're, we're helping each other. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so I heard three things in that, that we really need to seek the voice of the Holy Spirit, which yes. is far more accurate yes. than the voices that we have conjured up in our head, the false mm-hmm. voices. And you also said to uh, surround ourselves with other women, a tribe, even other men too, that mm-hmm. that bring out the best in us, that affirm the best in us, and that we want to be that for other people as well, yes. right? 
yes. that, that we need to be champions of one another. I was just having uh, breakfast with a gal today. We were talking about this very topic of, gosh, these voices that just try and lie and invade us all the time. And the other thing you said is that we have to be willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. And there have been several times where I've just stayed on the sidelines because I was so afraid to get on the court because I thought I'd get squashed or I'd fail. And I don't want people to look at me like, oh, she failed. She fell flat on her face. I was a couple days ago, too, with another gal. And I, I don't even remember the circumstances, but I said, you know, do you ever feel inadequate? And she looked at me. She's like, I feel inadequate around you. And I thought, oh, girl, if you just knew the hot mess that I am, you mm-hmm. would not. But it's so interesting how we do compare and how we limit ourselves. We do. And I'm also so concerned about the fact that men will, you talk about taking risks, men will jump into something um, even when they're 60% confident that it's the right plan or the right idea. We hold back until we're like 100%. Why you is know, that? And I, I think this is really an issue. Um, women are very uh, approval oriented. I know for me, I um, often am addicted to what other people think of me. Mm. And part of letting go of the voices in my head has been letting go of my need for 100% approval ratings. Mm. That's ridiculous. And it's not going to happen. And so the first time we get a little criticism, the first time someone sends an email that's not very nice, we want to run back to, we almost say to ourselves, see, that's what happens when you step out. Yeah. You know, like I was right. There's more uh, yeah, evidence yeah. that I was I'm right. I'm just going to go yeah. hide mm-hmm. instead of, you know, taking that and saying, okay, what can I learn from this particular criticism? Is there some truth in here? But I'm not going to abandon what I believe God's called me to do. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is that's the faith walk, right? That's when the Holy Spirit, when God is leading us towards something and it looks scary or it looks risky, obedience trumps everything, especially as we mature as followers of Christ, that has God called me to this? Is this an act of obedience? Yes. And I'm going to take the next step and whatever is going to meet me on the other side, I have to have faith and trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, are there any other voices in in your head that are, that you've experienced other women kind of believing that need to be evicted, so to speak? Well, it's kind of funny. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, When I was younger in ministry, Um, I was in my 20s and one of the voices was I am too young I remember thinking I don't have enough experience Um, who's gonna listen to me especially I was leading a team that at first was all men and some of them were 10 years older than me or more and I I had those voices and I was laughing the other day I thought I really preferred those voices to the ones I have now Hmm. which are that oh now I'm too old that's what I think you know like when I'm about to teach, I go to a church that's mostly very young, and there's voices in my head that are saying, why would they want to listen to you? You're the old lady coming up. They're like their mother, you know, and I just have to battle them every time because I've been given feedback that actually the younger generation appreciates hearing my voice, but, you know, that's not what I, the lies that I sometimes hear. Right. Isn't that so interesting? I'm too young, now I'm too old. There's always something yes. that's trying to say, well, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. You're, right. again, not good enough. And we have to realize and always recenter ourselves in the fact that our identity is firmly planted in Christ and not in our circumstances, not mm-hmm. in whether we succeed or we don't succeed, but it all goes back to that obedience thing too. Yes. 
what what advice do you have for for listeners right now that are saying, you know what, I I've got that hamster wheel, and this all sounds really good, but like, is there anything else that I can do to really hold my thoughts captive? I love that phrase, and I love that verse. And I think first of all, it's to sort of analyze what are the predominant voices in my head. So that's going to be different from each person. What are the two or three sentences or lies that keep creeping in when I'm wanting to step out and once you've identified those and frankly those are almost always in the areas where we feel the most insecure so we all have our insecurities about what are the things that we feel most uh, wobbly about so when you've identified them I believe that this is not a once one-time decision like I'm gonna get over this and it's never gonna be an issue for me anymore I think it's a daily surrender of letting go and, and actually saying things like almost like a mantra, like I now release the idea that I am not smart enough for this, or I now release the idea that any, everybody else would be a better candidate than me for this, or I now release um, the need to be so approved by everyone. And, and, and it's a letting go. And it's actually a part, not just of maybe your time in the morning, um, but it's throughout the day almost like breathing it. As soon as you see it sail in, and it will, mm-hmm. um, Ruth Haley Barton says it comes in and you say, oh, hello, there you are again. <laughs> it's like you greet it and, and you're not surprised. Right. There it is again because the evil one doesn't quit, you know, so there you are again and I'm going to reject you. Mm-hmm. By the power of Christ in me, I say get out of here, you know, right. kick out the obnoxious roommate and replace it with truth. And to me, um, I guess I once thought at some point I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm so past the point where I think this is ever going to land and I'm going to be totally healed of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lifelong battle. I think we're going to be in the retirement home somewhere oh, no. battling voices in our head, you know, like, why is that lady's walker moving faster than mine, you know, or whatever. It's just ridiculous. Um, but it's letting it go. And then the other thing I would recommend on a real practical level is come out of hiding, like your friend did with you, Hmm. where she said, you know, well, actually, I feel that way about you. As soon as we admit some of this to someone, especially if it's someone that we're envying, I wrote a letter about two weeks ago to someone that I've been envying. Wow. It's from a distance, so I don't really have an ongoing relationship with her. And I just wanted to confess it and tell her that I was sorry and tell her that instead what I'm trying to convert that to is actually praying for her, praying that God would expand her opportunities and her territory, Mm. that um, he would bless her and her family and all of that. Um, And just in writing it, it was a healthy thing. It felt like a form of purging, you know, to me. But anyway, come out of hiding with someone and you'll discover undoubtedly that that other person who you might think has it so together um, really is a hot mess, as you say, or has their own set of insecurities and issues, and commit to being each other's advocate and to saying, you know, I want to show up for you and stop being, I call it being small, you know, mm-hmm. just thinking, if I'm not bigger than you, then there's something off here, instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to celebrate the gifts that you're displaying right now, even if they far exceed my own, um, how great is that? You yeah. know, 
That's such a good word of advice. And I've actually practiced that myself. When we see a hint of jealousy, the best absolute thing to do is to bless the socks off of that person. And the Mm -hmm. awesome thing is it transforms our heart in the process and they get blessed. Right. But there is this kind of scarcity mentality that there's not enough room for all of us. And that is just not true in God's economy. Right. In our economy, but not God's economy. And to remember, you know, it, it may sound trite, but it's so true. There is only one of you in the whole universe. There only ever will be or has been one person with the exact wiring that you have. And so live into that. Lean into that. Say, I want to be the best version, as Oprah says, mm-hmm. of myself that I can possibly be, that, that God would allow me to thrive and flourish and I'm going to be, I'm going to make my contribution because I'm the only one who can make it in quite the same way that I can make it. Right. And realizing that God, we are uniquely, fearfully and wonderfully made. He did not make a mistake right. with anything about us, which sometimes is hard to believe, but he didn't. And mm-hmm. then asking him for help too, because sometimes we try and muster these things up. I'm just going to will myself to do this. And now we're responsible for holding our mind captive, but inviting God, like, God, I really need your help in this. I'm really struggling. Will you help me grow in this area? Will you help me, as you said earlier, to release some of these thoughts? So I've heard it said, I break the agreement that Mm -hmm. I am not enough. I break the agreement that I'm not worthy. And I Mm -hmm. love that you mentioned too, and this is kind of, it is kind of a bummer, but it's kind of encouraging too, is that this is a lifelong process. Mm So I, you know, being in my 40s, I thought, oh, gosh, I thought I'd be over this by now. But it's mm-hmm. it's not. But to your point, too, when we come out of hiding and when we're generous and sharing authentically with mm-hmm. other women, we get to see that we're not alone. There's nothing wrong with this and that we can link arms and really help each other to be the best that we can be by calling that out of one another as well. That is so true. Preach it, girl. I can't (laughs) add anything to that. Great. Well, you don't have to because we are just out of time, but I'm so grateful for who you are. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity to be with us. And you guys, it's been great hanging out with you and look forward to hanging with you the next time around. We'll see you soon.